Hi, I'm Yuval Brisker, and I am the CEO and co-founder of Alvier. With me today, as always from day one of Alvier's inception, is Pedro Silva, my co-founder and our head of technology extraordinaire, and also our COO. And we're here today to talk about Alvier's recent announcement, i.e. last week, of our new global partnership with Coinbase under the Coinbase Prime program. And there's really two angles here that we want to explore. One is kind of the vision for this partnership, and the other is really the more, you know, some of the decision-making processes and the sort of technological underpinnings for why we did this with them and not with others, and what our view of this whole thing is. So, I'm going to start by asking Pedro a question, and really that's more around the topic of why did we choose Coinbase? I mean, there's plenty of companies out there providing this kind of service. Of course, Coinbase is the biggest, or the most well-known at least, but why specifically did you and the team decide to go with Coinbase? Thanks, Yuval. It's great to be here. And of course, that is always one of the cardinal questions when we pick a partner that will serve our clients. Of course, we are in the embedded finance space, meaning that all the technology that we provide is then used by our clients that then provide it to their clients, whether they're consumers or other companies. So, of course, since we are the front to these services, including this new, very exciting offering around crypto, we always look at, at a number of variables when we choose a partner. One, of course, is has to do with the reliability, the stability of the company, and obviously their position in the market, the proven technology. So all of that has to do with the reliability that we found in the Coinbase platform, and not only what it is today, but also what it will be in the future in their roadmap. The other very important aspect of this choice had to do with the regulatory framework the Coinbase has. So essentially, there's a lot of things going in crypto, of course, and some of them are on the more regulated side of crypto, where you have, for example, the KYC of the customers and understanding where the funds come from and where they go to. So it's not only about technology. Technology, there's a lot of new things, great things being built around technology. Coinbase has that too, but they also provide us this regulatory framework, which is where we want to operate to provide our clients with the trust that everything that we're doing is completely done in a regulatory manner that none of us, Coinbase or our clients will get in trouble in the future. Very interesting. So you're feeling is that it's mostly about that a lot of it has to do with the regulatory component. A lot of it does, yes. One of the problems with everything that is being done in crypto today is really how do you connect this phenomenal technology, game-changing, making money move faster and cheaper and decentralized, but at some point those need to become US dollars or euro or any fiat currency that a merchant will accept to pay for your groceries. So it's in that transition between a crypto asset, a digital asset, and real dollars, that's where regulation comes in and where 
There are a number of concerns, of course, like tax evasion, money laundering, financing of illegal activities. All of that is where the regulator obviously needs to keep us safe. And that's where Coinbase has done such a great job over the years in being in a regulatory compliance all the time and making sure that the assets that we own at Coinbase and that our clients will own at Coinbase, you know, obviously, are always safe and liquid and can be used. That's really interesting. I think that that's a really key component, of course, of everything that we do, right, Pedro? Let's focus on, you know, regulation and working within sort of the framework and making sure that our customers are actually safe and they are working within the kind of legal environment that they would want from us and that they would want to be working in. Absolutely. That is key in our industry and, of course, in what we do. And keeping our clients safe is the most important thing. But also, you know, from on a larger scale, we're very excited with the Coinbase partnership. And Duvald, since you have been, since the beginning of the even the initial conversations with Coinbase, you know, I'd really like to hear from you what excites you about this partnership. I'm always about thinking big and working with the best. And the biggest, because, well, together, the best and the biggest, not just the best or not just the biggest. It's really about the reach that Coinbase has, the reputation they have for being basically the leader, and then ultimately the brand that they have, the capacity that they have. These are all things that are important to me that I think that are important to us. The first thing that we uh, align ourselves with the best in the business, and this is no doubt in my mind is Coinbase. They're leading, they're visionaries, they're very proactive moving forward and doing so also in a way that really protects everyone around them. So I think that that's something that's very persistent and consistent. And I love that, that that's how they're doing it. But for me, it's really about the long-term potential for our customers. The minute we're aligned with a partner like Coinbase, it sets us up for providing the best of the best at any given moment for our customers in the world of crypto. Ultimately, we want to basically respond to what our customers want, need, and to keep them both educated and ahead of the curve. And we can do that with Coinbase best because I think that that's how they're thinking, thinking about it in the same way that we are, which is customer focused, which is forward moving, which is understanding the huge potential of crypto and the world of blockchain and crypto and Web3 and everything that's associated with sort of this next generation of connected technologies, let's call it that. And we're excited about the fact that they can enable all of this in us and we can offer it out to customers and know that we have something, you know, incredibly firm at the foundation of what we're offering. And also to know that we can leverage the name and the brand, the brand that they've built, a significant global brand. There's also a technological component, right, that obviously underpins everything here. How do you see crypto in general, not just the Coinbase partnership, aligning and fitting into our product strategy? So essentially, product, you always need to be innovating. Innovation is at the heart of future relevance of product. And in a, in a world where uh, a lot of these financial services are getting somewhat commoditized or many different players in this industry are providing the same types of service, maybe in different flavors and, and provided with different type of technology, innovation becomes key on the mid and long-term strategy of our product. And of course, crypto is, is a massive pool of innovation today on the technological side. 
So 18 months ago, who have ever heard of NFTs? Or even if they had, what was their relevance? What was the relevance of that technology in the world? Or when, you know, everyone thought that Bitcoin was going to be a de facto coin or that the Ethereum network would have the issues that it's having today and now a number of new blockchains are appearing. So crypto has always been an innovation space. And what I think it's building is it's creating a very efficient and strong technological infrastructure to move money around. So for us, in terms of the product itself, we want to take advantage of this technological infrastructure that is being built. And I'm not talking only about transferring money from here to there or exchanging assets. I'm also talking about all the financial products that are being built around this infrastructure, such as, for example, what's happening in lending or in borrowing or in staking of cryptos. And how can that become a part in the future of offerings that we might give to our clients that will increase their competitiveness vis-a-vis the banks, which they essentially are competing with our clients. So for us, it's always about taking the innovation in a responsible way, meaning that we do not want to put our clients in risk, whether it's regulatory, reputational, or financial risk with the offerings that we will put in front of them. And this means that we need to use this technology in a responsible way and fit it into the roadmap to provide more value to our clients. I see it as a core component of the future of our business. And I mean, I know that you and I have talked about it many times and it's not just checking the box for us, right? Absolutely. It's about using the technology that exists and sort of packaging it in a way that is easy to use by our clients. So this is one of our key concerns at Avier is that we make the very complex integrations and financial infrastructures and and funds flows and regulatory compliance, we make it easy to our clients so that they don't have to worry about it. That's exactly the same approach that we take with every single of our lines of product. And of course, crypto is a big bet on Avier for the future. And that's what we aim to do as well, is to remove the complexities, if you will, of a very complex infrastructure and make it easy for our clients to embed these crypto offerings into their platforms, their websites, their mobile apps, and provide those services to their customers. So that's really what what we're thinking in terms of the product. Yuval, one of the things that we've been also talking about is about where is this intersection between traditional finance, crypto, and all these movements, you know, around DeFi that are happening in the world today. There's something inherently exciting about a new world being created, a new sort of dimension of interconnectivity that is an evolution from the one that we had before. Meaning, if you look at the evolution of the web, you know, web one, web two, web three, each one was a different sort of dimension of connectivity and of the sharing of information and the ability to transcend the previous known constructs. For me, every time something like that happens, it's exciting. 
And we've seen in our lifetimes already, we've seen, and, and I'm, you know, I can't go before the internet era because I'm basically of the internet era. I matured in the internet era as a professional. And to me, the world of business doesn't really exist without the internet. I wouldn't know how to conduct business without the internet right now at this point in my life or, or ever because I never did that. But I think that what's interesting about it is that at each level of the internet evolution, a whole new layer of opportunities opened up and with it also complexities. So to go back to what you were talking about, which is a level of complexity that needs somebody to help figure it out. So even if you think about the shift from the initial web-based internet with websites and in sort of early e-commerce to the next level, which was really much more interconnected e-commerce as well as social networking, each one of those spawned a new category of businesses that help other people, people and businesses to deal with that new complexity, that newfound technological capability. Web3 is even more complicated in my mind. I mean, I think in order to achieve that next level, there was an absolute imperative to actually <laughs> build something even more sophisticated. And the minute when you get into that kind of sophistication, then you need somebody to help you understand it and navigate it. This is in relation to what you just said about, you know, the idea of simplification, making it simple for others in, in a complex world. Once that is sort of the mission, then I see huge opportunity in this idea of a citizen policed almost world where borders start coming down and there are assets, value assets that are purely digital and that weave the world together in an even more deeper way. Now, it's an interesting conversation. Maybe we should have also about what happens in a situation where look what's happening right now in the world. So I think for us, it's a very interesting conversation, especially for me and you. If the world was truly decentralized around money right now, then governments wouldn't have been able to stop all funding to Russia. How does that, you know, intersect with this newfound, does it become like, is it an adjacent system that exists above the nation state or is it a replacement? That's really something that I want to ask you. To answer your question, I see huge potential in this intersection to taking traditional finance on to the next level and incorporating within a decentralized world. But I also see the potential risks. And I think one has been right now very clearly illustrated for us in which governments could actually take action to strangle, you know, Russia at a point where it was an aggressor. And how would, would that work with the decentralized world is, it, is an interesting question, don't you think? I think it's an absolutely interesting question. We are talking the way that governments did that was actually cutting off the SWIFT network, which is the international money transfer network between banks and governments and different regulations and currencies. So could they have done the same thing if it were a completely decentralized and sort of like you mentioned, citizen controlled and owned? That's a very interesting question. I don't think that we could go there in like a, a big bang approach. And, you know, tomorrow it starts because someone has figured it out. I think that there will be an evolution in the world of these new technologies and financial systems that will lead to obviously a fair way of trading and of moving money and moving digital assets around faster, cheaper, because one of the big problems today it's interesting because cutting out SWIFT solved this problem, but it's, SWIFT is one of the problems that new technologies are trying to solve. 
So I think that there will be an evolution there. And I don't think that governments will completely and massively adopt until all the checkboxes that have been refined over hundreds and hundreds of years on how do you move money around. Now it's going to be done probably in a decade or less, but it will still need to happen. And this really ties to the conversation that we were having here around Coinbase. Why not just give our clients the ability to just access the chain directly and post transactions to whomever they are, anonymous addresses on the other side? I think the world will get there and we will be at the leading edge of it. That's why we always need to be thinking ahead in these things and especially in, in what's happening in crypto, but still keeping it safe. So I think the world will get there. That brings up a question for me. You know, we talked a little bit about why Coinbase, but where do you think we have a differentiating advantage also as a partner to Coinbase, number one, and in terms of our general approach? that would put us on par with leadership position that Coinbase has? We've been uh, evaluating and constantly on the lookout for new companies on the crypto space that arise and are doing great things and great technology, not only great technology, but also great financial products. So what tends to happen in the crypto space is that what they lack is then the ability to move into the fiat world which is inherently a regulated world, right? So we come from the other side. We already have licenses in the United States, licenses in Canada, licenses upcoming in new geographies and ever expanding. So we've kind of checked that box, which as you and I know, is a very hard checkbox to tick. It's not an easy thing. It takes years and it takes years of building relationships not only with the regulators, but also with the banks, with the federal governments, and essentially with the financial infrastructure in general. So crypto companies build great products and then have a hard time in making them, I'm going to say, quote unquote, legal, right? Which is not the case in Coinbase. We come from, from the other side. We are adding on a very responsible and regulatory, complete and compliant platform, another offering using the same models and, and relationships with the banking system that we already have at Avier. So why do we think that our strategy will be differentiating? It also has to do with our, with our market strategy. And if you look, as we've spoken many times, Yuval, if you look at our client lists, we tend to work more with larger brands. And that is a big, a big aspect of crypto today, because most people don't really understand crypto. They think it's a speculative instrument, right? Sometimes they're even afraid of crypto. They might invest in crypto, but they see it more as a short-term investment. That's most people. So the big difference is that by bringing this to the masses, when the brands, the people trust are the ones that are saying this is a safe instrument, for example, for your savings or to move money across the border to your relatives in a cheaper way. That's where we will really make the difference because we provide our regulatory umbrella. Coinbase provides a huge regulatory umbrella on that specific area on the crypto space. And then we together with our clients as partners provide these services to the masses and sort of democratize these services 
into by positioning them as things that they know. So they might not understand, convert your USD to Ethereum and now send it over the chain and then now your relative gets the money out from the chain and then they need to go to an exchange and make that in a Mexican peso, for example. But they do understand the $1 transaction overseas that their relatives gets that exact amount in cash even in the next side of the border. So that's really the using the infrastructure to provide a better financial product, but removing the complexities and the fear and the unknown and the lack of trust that people still have in this new infrastructure. I was thinking about when you were talking about how our relationship to Coinbase is also a, an extension of our strategy and how what benefit does Coinbase get from this partnership, not just you know us. I think it's a form of extending reach for them. We're all in the business of transaction growth through multiple means and, of course, good customer experience. But as a foundation of it and within the world of finance, as you said, working within the world where it's actually legal to do stuff. But I think that Coinbase will see, you know, based on what we're doing, which is going after larger brands, going to work with sort of the mass market through a two-step process, and in that way really channeling in more users and more transactions, more customers to Coinbase in an indirect way. But for us, it's obviously, you know, strengthening our product portfolio fast and in a dependable manner. And I just want to go back just briefly to the response to your thoughts about the Ukraine situation and how the world has used the financial system to actually fight a war without shooting one bullet on this side, at least, of the border. And I just think that that's an interesting new challenge for the DeFi world. The leaders, and there are some very significant you know, people working in that world and are prominent and leading this world, that there's no way that they can actually disregard the potential and the need to be able to somehow execute on global geopolitical strategy within a financial system that they're actually creating right now from scratch. That's a new challenge that probably people didn't really think about, you know, until we see this kind of unified response that the world has come together to shut off all economic means for Russia. Because nobody probably even have thought that that was even possible, that the world would completely shut down the lifeline, economic lifeline for a country. Now that it's here, it actually puts the onus of that onto the DeFi community to figure out how to make it work, no? Absolutely. That's one of the interesting challenges. And like you just said, there are so many people working on this right now. How is it going to become mainstream? It might always be parallel, actually, or it could become mainstream, but really down the line. I think that we also see central governments doing things and starting to think about their own stable coins. We already have stable coins to almost every any fiat currency today. What's the next step? And some governments have taken some steps already, of course. But what's the next step into governments adopting this new way of thinking value, really, and transforming it into digital assets? Obviously, we're really excited about this partnership because it reflects our general philosophy in terms of, like I said, partnering with the best and, and the brightest and also the biggest, if, we, if possible, if we can connect those three together. Do you have any final thoughts around this? What do you see as like the next evolution here? 
I just want to reiterate the excitement that we have with the Coinbase partnership. We are constantly seeing their innovation on a day-to-day basis and reaching new markets and finding different ways. They've just announced less than four weeks ago, I think, the ability to actually disperse cash in Mexico through their platform. So that just shows you that how innovative they're thinking and how it doesn't have to be the sort of dark net for crypto to work. They're showing the world that it can be a responsible financial system that brings people better services, cheaper and faster, and ultimately improves people's lives. When you say all that, I kind of think to myself, do you think Coinbase's goal, and I never think small on, on companies' goals, you know, you think about how far Google has come from the day that they were founded or, or Amazon. So do you think it's Coinbase's goal to be the world's central bank? I think that company, I have a huge amount of respect for the leadership and what that company has done over the years. I think that the sky's the limit. I want to say thank you for spending this whatever half hour with with me and to give a little plug to my revived podcast, A Jolt of Your Velocity. It's going to come back online in the beginning of April in full glory. I'm going to host you as a guest host at some point, Pedro. So look forward to seeing you there. And thanks to Coinbase and to Guillaume Chaten, who helped lead this process, and to our own team that managed it on this side. And see you on the other side at Jolt of You Velocity. Thank you. Be delighted. Thank you. Thank you.